If you're trying to make any kind of meaningful, effective change in your life, well, you have come to the right place because that is what my expert guest and I are here to help you do. Welcome to We're Talking Shift. This is the podcast where all we do is talk shift because when we're stuck and need to rise to a challenge, make a health shift, a relationship or an emotional shift, well, the first thing we have to shift, my friends, is our thinking. That is the antidote to feeling stuck. I'm Lori Bischoff, and I'm so glad you're here. Now, let's get busy. Good day, ladies and gents. Welcome back to another episode. It is time to talk shift. And uh, I think today we're going to talk a little bit about greed. Actually, I'm going to talk a lot about greed. Um, Specifically, when greed is good. I know there are people out there probably wincing right now going, ooh, I don't know about that. But just bear with me. Um, and hey, let's get let's get my lovely show producer, Christy, in on this. Christy, are you with me? Hey, Lori, I sure am, and I'm happy to be. So hello. Yay. Happy New Year. Thank you so much. Happy New Year to you, too. Uh, I got to say, it's been a little, a little hard to get back into the swing of life, right? But um, mm. that's why I'm really glad to sit down with you today and hear what uh, you have in store for us for our 2021. Yeah, tell me about it. Um, it after holiday season, even though, as we talked about before, um, there's a lot we can do to not get too far off track and too far off our routine, it's, uh, you still do. And I'll tell you what, I have been feeling like, I don't know what day it is. I don't know what time it is. I'm like, don't I have some sort of a profession or a career I should be like, you know, screwing my head into? Um, it's been, it's been a little bit of a chore trying to get back in the, in the groove. And actually my husband and I are still in Florida right now. We're not even back to our home in Wyoming. So I'm staying in an Airbnb and, oh, and look at the lovely kitchen behind me. <laughs> Beautifully decorated, I have to say. I know. I could I could really um I could cook some some really mean meals in that kitchen. <laughs> but anyway, um I am excited though to be getting back in the saddle because I am a person that is all about rituals and routine. I love my rituals, I love my routines. It keeps me just keeps me living at the standard I like to live. And um and so when you're out of it for a while, it just seems like, you know, getting the train moving again. Uh, and it just takes a while to pick up momentum and pick up speed and get back to where you were. But I think that everybody is ready for um, hopefully a fresh new outlook on things. We may not get a lot of changes this year. You know, there's that old uh, mindset where people are like, oh, I can't wait to get this for 2020 to be behind me. I can't wait for the new year. Uh, nothing wrong with that, except uh, we probably should manage our expectations. I'm not sure how much different the coming year is going to be when it comes to outer circumstances. So we got to just, um, you know, we got to go there in our in our own minds. We got to shift our mindset. And maybe uh, if you if you didn't have a great 2021 as a, or 2020, as a lot of people didn't, um, you know, if if circumstances don't change look at the mindset, change your mindset. There's other things that we can focus on to get through the coming year, hopefully less painfully than the past year was. (laughs) Fingers crossed. (laughs) Fingers crossed. So let's dive in. Um, uh, I'd like to kick off this controversial subject of greed for, um, by talking actually for a moment about sloths. Do you know what a sloth is? I'm picturing like a kind of cute cartoon animal that I've seen in like DreamWorks movies. <laughs> right, right. It's a real animal though. But, and I know this is very curious, um, but just like hang in there with me to the end. And, and I promise I will, I'll tie this up in a, in a neat little bow uh, at the end of the show. So, okay. Sloths are a very slow moving uh, mammal. They spend the majority of their lives hanging upside down in the tropical trees of Central and South America. That's pretty much what they do. That's pretty much the lifestyle. They just kind of hang around. <laughs> I, I don't hate it. Sounds like what I've been doing for the last yeah, few yeah. weeks. So, right. I think we all probably feel a little slothy uh, <laughs> lately. So 
the word sloth is actually translated from the Latin term acedia, which, um, which means without any care. Now, when you hear a person being referred to as a sloth, the inference is that they are disinclined to work, um, maybe a little lazy, and uh, possibly complacent. But, <clears throat> so as not to leave everyone with a um, kind of condescending attitude about sloths, there is a delightful spiritual meaning related to these molasses paste <laughs> creatures um, as well. A sloth totem, it, uh, well, it's a totem animal actually. So I don't know a lot about totem animals, but I checked this out and it says a sloth totem animal is a good hearted spirit with a particularly harmonious approach to life, which makes sense since they just kind of hang around without a care in the world in the tropical <laughs> forests of Central and South America. Um, but they teach us, or this, the totem animal, that's a sloth, teaches us to value all things that we have in life. And it gives peaceful and supportive guidance through the challenges. You're welcome, Candace Parisi. Yes, she is my dear friend, and I know that her favorite animal is a sloth. So I wanted to make sure and <laughs> throw in the upside of slothiness. So on to the subject of greed. Again, this will come back around to this later. Okay, here is the famous, um, it's an excerpt from the famous speech uh, given by Gordon Gecko in that movie played um, who was played by Michael Douglas in the movie Wall Street in 1987. I don't know, did you, if you remember seeing that or might've been, you might've been too young. Um, she's like, no, she didn't want to say it, but yeah, Chrissy's too young. <laughs> Chrissy was probably, were you even born? You probably weren't even born yet. Oh my God. Okay, moving on. She's so sweet. She's not even saying anything. <laughs> <laughs> I had a recent okay. birthday, so that's a kind of a sore subject for me right now, Lori. <laughs> Oh, I don't even want to hear it, girl. <laughs> so, all right. Back in the uh, old days of 1987, there was a fantastic movie called Wall Street. Um, and the main character's name is Gordon Gecko, and is played by the actor Michael Douglas. I'm going to just read an excerpt from it. Quote, the point is, ladies and gentlemen, that greed, for lack of a better word, is good. Greed is right. Greed works. Greed clarifies, cuts through, and captures the essence of the evolutionary spirit. Greed in all of its forms, greed for, for life, for money, for love, for knowledge, has marked the upward surge of mankind. End quote. There's more, to the, there's more to the speech. It's a long one, but that little chunk right there, I found to be super fascinating, really interesting. And I actually agree with a lot of that because when you think about greed, I mean, usually it's, it's pretty negative. When you call somebody greedy, you're not paying them a compliment, right? It's, right. it's, it's negative. But I agree with the way he positions it here. Uh, what I disagree with is the action that so many so many people take in their in their quest for some of these things at the expense of others and i think that's that's, that's the problem right exactly exactly so yeah, because when we um, have a negative connotation of being greedy it comes from the idea that there's only so much to go around and that if someone mm -hmm. else has a lot or is trying to get a lot that means there's going to be less for me right Exactly. That's a great way to look at it. And that's how a lot of people look at things. The, the pie is only so big. And if one person is, you know, getting all the pieces, then there isn't anything left for me. And really, um, I mean, that's a mindset again, really, because there's really enough pie, you know, for everyone, because everyone doesn't want the same thing. Everybody doesn't want the same amounts of the same thing. So um, that's a whole other podcast that we should actually tee up for uh, the near future. But here's the thing. One of the things that I'm super greedy about this, and I've, I've talked about this before, um, not on our podcast though, on a couple of others. And I was like, you know, we really need to dive into this here on We're Talking Shift. 
one of the things that I'm super, super greedy about, and it does not compromise or come at the expense of anybody else, uh, and I think it's something that everyone should be greedy about, and that is our health. I'm super greedy about having a massive abundance of optimal health. And I think what's great about having, having greed for that, um, to, to the drive to amass a lot of optimal health, is that not only does it come at nobody else's expense, no one else is compromised by that, that greed and that drive and that hunger, but it's actually the opposite. Other people benefit from it. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, that, that makes a lot of sense. If, if I'm healthy, uh, if, so as a mother, even though my kids are grown now, but let's just say I have young kids at home like a lot of people do. If I'm healthy, um, if I have a partner, uh, I am better equipped to do everything I need to do in that relationship and in the family and taking care of you know my kids and whatever else I'm doing in life. I can do all of it better at my best. You know, if the standards are really high and I'm super greedy about maintaining those standards for my health, then I'm going to be showing up as the best version of myself for the people around me, for the people I care about, for my coworkers, if I have coworkers, right? Yeah, this makes me think of your client, Josh, um, who I had an opportunity to speak with about the work that you've done with him as a coach. And one of the things that he said that uh, stood out most to me was that, you know, he's the dad in the house. He has a great family and and a marriage. And he said, now that dad is happy, the whole house is happy. Now that dad is healthy, the whole house is healthy. And that he has kind of, you know, set these new kind of goals for the family's health and and wealth and and thriving, you know, and that it really has just trickled on. To everyone, it really, does. you know, online and kind of everyone. He inspired me even. Yeah, yeah, exactly. Yeah, he is, he, Josh is great and he's done amazing work. And that's such a great example. It has been a domino effect with the entire family. So again, if, if you uh, are willing to consider being super greedy about your own health and maintaining high standards for it, you know, for for, for keeping or um, trying to up-level your health in any way you can, everybody benefits from it. You can show up at your best. You can be your strongest, most energetic, most vibrant you know, person for the people around you. Um, and, you know, and you are not also becoming um, something like a, a burden on the system. I mean, our healthcare system is... <sighs> do we need to go on about that? I mean, it's a disaster and there's a lot of pressure on it, obviously more than, than usual this past year, but it, the more healthy people there are, the less pressure there is on our healthcare system as well. I have been cultivating excellent health for a long time. It's just been my passion for my whole adult life. I was always an active, an active young person, an active kid, and then I've just always maintained that. Um, you know, that, that drive. And as I've gotten older, it's ramped up for obvious reasons. Cause the last thing you want to do is start backsliding. You know, you don't want to have this like artificial peak in your head of, Oh, now I'm, you know, at this stage of my life or I'm at this age and here's how my parents and my grandparents looked. And then it was all like, it started to go downhill from there. Like, no, no, no. So so the passion has actually keeps just keeps ramping up to make sure that my momentum doesn't start going that you know the uh, the wrong way. We don't want to start backsliding, deteriorating, you know, as much as we can help it. There's that makeup commercial with the um, very mature model, and she says, "You know, they say at a certain age you just stop caring about the way you look." And she's like, "I don't know what age that is." But, you know, buy this great face cream or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I, I suppose it's an individual thing, but, you know, who doesn't want to look and feel their best no matter how old they are? Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think, yeah, that's, everybody wants that. And that's what we're going to talk about. But are they greedy enough to really put a lot of focus and effort around it? That's where, you know, wanting something, it's easy to want stuff. And everybody can want things, right? But I think, uh, like for me, two two main driving reasons. Um, I want to feel good in my body, 
don't we all? But I want to feel good in it until I die. I don't want to just feel good in it, you know, for the first half and then just, you know, drag it along. Um, I, I want to feel really good in it until I die. So that's a big motivating factor right there. And then I really want to be in control of my aging process. I want to be managing that. I want to be in control of it so that I can prevent, um, you know, illness and disease. If we are doing our utmost to manage the whole process, then um, we give ourselves a much better chance of not succumbing to illness and disease. So those are the driving motivations. And I, you know, I invite people to think about, I mean, why do you want to be healthy? I, okay, well, since we're being greedy, we might as well be vain, right? Yeah. I, my, my number one goal or motivation for being healthy is to look good. Yay. To, to be skinny, to have, you know, clear glowing skin. And because when I feel like I look good, I feel good. And, um, I, you know, I don't know how great that makes me sound, but that's the truth, Lori. Well, I don't think there's anything wrong with that truth. I want to look good too. I think most people want to look their best, you know, and that's going to, what that is, is different for everyone. And I, I think that that's a great reason. Um, I think that, at, and, and you don't think about this when you're younger, but you start thinking about this when you're older. Um, <clears throat> you've got to then start thinking about some other more compelling reasons that you want to be healthy when, when your, oh, maybe your desire or your willpower or your um, energy doesn't keep you motivated enough to maintain the standards of, of beauty that you want. So at some point when things start to shift a little bit or when you start running out of um, time, maybe at some point you decide you're going to have a family and your priorities are going to shift and, you know, things change, right? You're super young right now. So when I was your age, that was probably my only reason too. I just want to be, I want to look hot. I want to look good. Swimsuit, you know, season is coming. Uh, I want to be able to keep up with my kids, <laughs> right? Um, and then though, as you go on and as you evolve, um, sometimes, sometimes things come up that cause you to have to have um, even a more compelling reason to maintain your health than, than just the outer package. Make sense? Yeah, <laughs> maybe my maybe my inner package is too connected to my outer package. Because <laughs> I'm just I'm going I'm really like, but everything I think of as far as what I eat, um, you know, working out and, and there is some of my ethics tied into that, you know, I'm vegan, um, because I, I believe in, in living cruelty free and those kinds of things. But really beyond that, I'm like, well, if I care about looking good, then I eat healthy, then I am healthy, then it's all good. Yeah. And that's Me working too, for you. That's, that's working for you. But you know what? There are a lot of people that feel the exact same way but they are actually not vegan and they're not working out and they're not eating healthy. And you can get away with that for a while when you're young, but it will catch up with you down the road. So right now, the things that you're doing are supporting your goals to look good and beautiful and healthy and you know, all the things. Um, you happen to be living a lifestyle that's supporting that really well, but there are so many people that are not. And you know, you can get away with a lot when you're young. And then at some point, the tide starts to change a bit. <laughs> but I think, um, I think very few people are actively, like conscientiously and actively managing their whole aging process. And when you're not doing that, you become at the mercy of aging as opposed to being the master of it. So for example, I have a very, very specific intention and I have a very specific strategy and most people don't. And I'm super, as I said, super greedy about it and most people aren't. I think that you have to remember that aging is a, it's literally a living process, right? And it's continually happening in, happening in real time and it's netting you results. Um, the results that we experience are direct outcomes of 
these living processes, the ones that we choose, how we're living. And most people, they're just not consciously and proactively managing that. So they're kind of asleep at the wheel. It's easy to just, you know, especially in your youth, to just assume that you're always going to feel and look like that for a long, long time. Um, but my observation is, especially once people start to get a little bit, you know, more into their closer to 40, once you get through those 30s and all of a sudden 40 seems to be a trigger number for a lot of people and they start freaking out a little bit. But I think that a lot of people are literally running to their graves and they don't even know it by the lifestyle choices that they're making. And they're making a pit stop at the drive-thru of fast food on the way, right? <laughs> exactly. Exactly. So um, I think that, you know, when you make choices like that, that you're not treating your body with respect, you're not treating it healthy, you're not feeding it the right things most of the time, you're not moving it, um, you're really just taking advantage of it. And it's going to work it's going to work literally its ass off for you for a long time until it doesn't. And so I think that when you are, when you're living um, in such a way that you're not managing, you're not conscientiously managing that process really well, then the choices that you make ensure that you're going to have a bumpy ride and it's going to get bumpier as you get older. Right. Um, I think that you just, it's important to realize that you have momentum going. And that momentum is going to take you down a predictable path. So right now you have momentum going, but you are eating really healthy. You're moving, you're, you're treating your body really well. So your momentum is probably going to be working in your favor as long as you maintain that lifestyle. That's so true. And this kind of speaks to something else uh, you, that you talked about in your how to get through the holidays episode of not, um, you know, getting too far off track out of our diet and health routines and working out and that yeah. kind of stuff. And I really yeah. took that to heart and uh, ate whatever the heck I wanted pretty much for the last month or so, but also continued working out instead of, you know, going full bore sloth on the couch. <laughs> um, so when you're talking about momentum, what speaks to me is that I know if my momentum is halted if i'm not doing anything it's just that much harder to get going again so right. because i didn't go into complete sloth mode and was still working out it's a little easier for me to now go back to having a salad for lunch i don't have to also get up at 6 a.m and work out for three hours you know to make up for everything i've not worked out for the last few weeks you know so this momentum thing it, it's you're really speaking to me here lori yeah yeah yeah, if you can, if you can, when you have periods of time like that, where maybe you have, you know, an extra workload that's just going to take you out of your routine, or or holidays come, you know, where you take a vacation, um, if you can try not to get completely a hundred percent percent off of your routine, it, it is easier to build the momentum back up again. But man, when you ditch the whole thing altogether for a long period of time, it is so hard to get back into it. Um, we, you know, we did pretty well over holidays, although we still, you know, after like maybe a week of, you know, eating out and eating things that we don't normally eat, we were both, Eric and I were both like, oh my God, all I want is salad. All I want is salad. We were just like craving salads all day, every day. I couldn't wait to get to the store to buy a ton of fresh salad greens so we could just make and that's all we had for quite a few nights in a row was just gigantic salads because we felt like our bodies just needed to, you know, kind of get back to what it was used to and and feel good with it. I mean, the other stuff, I mean, it's not like we had a bunch of bad stuff, but just different things or things that we don't, things that we know don't make us feel like we're, you know, at our best. So our body is also essentially kind of telling us right? That sure. it's time to, to ramp it up in the yeah. being careful of the aging process. Yeah. It has a language and it will talk to you. All you have to do is listen, right? Your body will communicate with you. Everybody knows when you feel great and when you don't. So anyway, um, but there are a few um, where, where health and aging is conserved. There, there's a few common attitudes or beliefs that a lot of people have. I mean, there's a lot, but I'm going to name a couple, about three of them here real quick. Um, just because I think it's uh, just for people to be aware of. So, so there's, there's one set of beliefs or attitude where people assume that aging and disease is natural 
And that once you've rounded the corner of maybe 45 or 50, whatever that like kind of like midline is in your own brain, um, they think it's natural that around that time, um, it's pretty much all downhill from there. And they accept it. They accept that that's the way it is and that they'll probably live to be the same age as their parents or grandparents. And, you know, because uh, of genetics, they'll probably struggle with the same health issues. So by their assumption and their acceptance, uh, they actually create the very same scenario that, you know, that they've seen played out before them. They create it. So there's actually an unofficial plan there, and that is to just follow tradition. So that's one set of beliefs or an attitude, right? It's, there's, it's there's almost really... like manifesting bad health or manifesting disease in a shorter life. Right, right. Because you just um, assume this is the way it has to be because that's the way you've seen it happen around you, and then you accept it. So you have basically an unofficial plan to follow tradition. Then there's another... Um, attitude, you could say, where people aren't really giving it much thought at all. They're just kind of, um, you know, tripping through life without any specific uh, vision about how, uh, how old they want to live to be and how they want to show up at that age. So it just sort of unfolds according to their lifestyle choices and their subconscious beliefs about aging. So their unofficial plan is pretty much just let the chips fall where they may. Well, whatever. <laughs> Cross that bridge when I get to it, kind of thing, right? So then there's another um, another attitude or belief would be um, people that do have um, a vision of what you know their shall we say golden years, senior years, older years, retired years, whatever you want to call them. When you become when you become over to the um, elderly side of the spectrum, so um, those people maybe envision like retiring, you know, with a healthy lifestyle because maybe they're doing okay now, and and they maybe dream of the leisure of it and hanging out with their kids and grandkids, and maybe they're golfing and you know the usual retirement kind of thing. Um, so they have a vision, but not necessarily a strategic action plan that they're implementing that can give them the, the best chance at realizing their vision and their dream. So they've started yeah, out maybe with a vision. plan for that like financial future and for all the other stuff that you said to make sure, you know, that we can afford the golf membership and that we have the kids to have the grandkids and all that stuff. But this is really the missing piece, isn't it? Right, right. So then you, but you've got to have then the strategic action plan to make sure that you can achieve and, and realize those things. All right. So basically, those are just a few common attitudes. I'm sure there are many others. And then there's just stuff that happens unexpectedly that's out of your control. You know, I mean, I, I'm talking about the things that are under our control. Obviously, you know, there are things that befall people that just came out of nowhere or they have accidents or whatever. But the things, the things that we can manage and control is what we're talking about here. And so when, when you don't have uh, that strategic action plan, you know, the result is that we have people showing up to the years in their lives where they are now at their, they're at their most experienced, they're at their wisest, and they're showing up diseased and disillusioned and disappointed, you know, because in most cases, they didn't get greedy enough about their health early enough in their lives to control the, the condition of their health as they aged. So this is about getting greedy and getting a plan so that you can manage that. And the thing is, it's hard to really do that when you're younger because it's easy. It's easy to just already be healthy and fit and vibrant and energetic. So you're kind of like, what's the rush? But a lot of people should be, you know, most of, most of America is, is not healthy right now. We have 70% of our population that is overweight, and that includes a lot of our youth, too. So you are an exception, but there are tons of young people that are already experiencing so many health issues because 
it's not being managed. Their health is not being managed properly at starting from a young age. Um, so anyway, the thing is, in order to get desirable results, you need a plan. You need a process that is designed to keep you moving in the direction that you want to go. Because we all want to move in a direction as we get older that ensures, right, that we're going to not be suffering. Who, nobody wants to get Alzheimer's. Nobody wants to have, you know, heart disease. Nobody wants to have cancer. So there's got to be a plan to, you know, hopefully do everything you can do to prevent those things. Without a plan and an active approach, um, things just happen by default or they happen haphazardly. And then you typically don't get the outcome that you were dreaming about or the outcome that you, you know, were subconsciously hoping for, but not really planning for. So usually when it comes to aging, it's the opposite. Well, yeah. And like when you say, you know, no one wants cancer, no one wants heart disease. It's like, well, yeah, of course I don't. But what am I doing to prevent those things? Oh my gosh, nothing. Right, <laughs> right, right. Because most of our diseases are preventable. Most of the diseases and illnesses that befall people in America anyway, are preventable. Not all, but most. They're lifestyle choices. Yeah. It's so. like, I don't want someone to break into my house either. So I lock the door. Yes. That is a great, that's a great analogy. Exactly. So I think, so here's where we need to get down to business. I think there's a place for greed. I think we just need to redirect it, right? I, I think we need to get really greedy about our desire to live long quality lives because it doesn't do any good to live a long life if you're suffering, if it's not a quality life, right? So you want a long life, but you want a quality life, however long it is. And so I think we need to direct our greed toward the business of building our own health. Health is the ultimate wealth after all, right? Creating, creating good health is very similar to creating a good business. And so, you know, basically, fundamentally, you have the, the, the what and the why and the how of it. Those are just some fundamental things. So, for example, um, what? What's the goal? Um, for example, for a business, you know, you may be, um, <clears throat> what's the product or the service or the investment? And for health, it would be, what do you consider good health? If it were a product, if your health were a product, what would it look like? And how does it serve you? How does it bring value into your life? So again, we're back to, as we talk about frequently on this show, asking yourself quality questions. So if you were to look at your health like a business, those would be quality questions. I mean, that's what you would ask yourself if you're going to be a new business owner, an entrepreneur. Well, you know, what is my product? What's my service? What's my investment? How will it serve people? You should be asking the same things about your own health. What does it look like? How does it serve me? How does it bring value into my life? Then we can go to the why of it. And we touched on this a little bit earlier when we first started chatting. So a business is, um, a why could be, why is it important to you to offer this product or service? Why will people want it? And then the same question for your health. Why do you desire good health? What are your compelling reasons? Why is it important to you to have it? So you are stated right now at this point in your life, well, because you, you want, you want to feel good. You want to look good. You have, you know, you have career professional desires and that that's probably factors in there's things you want to do and it's just important to you and there's nothing wrong with that. That's great. Um, <laughs> yeah. Trust me. I've done a lot of soul searching as to whether it's okay to be um, this concerned with how I look. And um, I've learned that it, it is, is okay to an extent. Uh, it's, it's okay. It's okay, Christy. I'm going <laughs> to, thank you. <laughs> there's, there's nothing wrong with wanting to look and feel your best at all. Everyone loves beauty and, and everyone has their own idea of what that is. So making right, your, and I'm, it's not like I'm putting my, you know, ideas of what's beautiful or what is healthy on someone else. You know, I right. never look at someone else and go, Oh, they need to do my workout. They need to eat vegan. Like I do. Um, and yet right. I guess I'm a little bit harder on myself. I would be very quick to tell myself what I, I need to do, but you know, I'm, I'm not um, putting these ideals on anybody else ever by any means. Right. Right. There are standards that you've set for yourself. 
Exactly. So, um, of course, then you have the how of it. So for a business, like, okay, how do you have any processes and procedures in place? Do you have a strategy and, and goals? You know, how are you going to make this happen? And so it's the same for your health. Do you have clearly defined goals? Um, do you have processes? Do you have a strategy in place for attaining and maintaining optimal health? You have to have a plan, a vision, and a strategy, right? So this is really about taking responsibility for managing your health so that as you age, it's in the healthiest possible way. And the obvious goal is to have a wealth of good health. I think that sounds amazing. Personally, I would, that, can you see why I'm so greedy about that? Why that's a healthy form of greed? Yes. So uh, do you mean like, what do you mean? Like, well, here's the thing to have probably the best way to put it is like this. Um, even if you make yourself a professional success and you have a big fat bank account and you have pretty much, you know, the life that you desire, your life will still suck really bad if you are sick and battling disease. So as you get older and you have success in other areas or you have, you know, you're happy with things in other areas, you have wealth in other areas, but not in your health, everything else, your life still sucks. You could be the wealthiest person on the planet and have everything you could possibly need. The world is your oyster. And if you're sick and you have a disease or you're getting Alzheimer's and you're forgetting who you are and who your family is, or, you know, you're, you've got heart disease and, and you're on your, you know, third open heart surgery, life's not good. I, I see what you mean now. I was thinking like, do you mean if we're so healthy, we can like, if we eat really well six days out of the week, then we can have a cheat day? Uh, but that's totally not what you're talking about. I'm just really right. trying to get permission right. to have a cheat day, Lori, so yeah. just don't mind me. I grant thee permission, my dear. <laughs> Please have a cheat day. It is not about extremes. This is, you know what I'm talking? We're talking about the bigger picture here. Yes. Please enjoy what what's your favorite cheat thing? Oh, I make a mean vegan breakfast burrito. And always That's your cheat food. thing? That's the cheat? A vegan breakfast burrito? Uh, cheese, sausage, egg, tortilla. There's a lot of processed, not good for you oh. stuff going on in there. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> there is such a thing as vegan junk food and I could go on a whole hour. That's ago. true. That's true. I agree with that. I've looked at a lot of um, ingredient lists on vegan packages and went, whoa, I wouldn't touch that. <laughs> so you're right. I know. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say something, you know, like a, like a, you know, a brownie or a piece of cake or chocolate, you know, whatever. I thought you were going to say it's like one of the usual suspects. I didn't expect a, a vegan omelet to pop up. <laughs> I mean, it's always followed up with the chocolate chip cookies. Of there, okay. There, there we have it there. I mean, vegan ice cream, Lori, I, I uh -oh, mm -hmm. we got me started now. Today might be the cheat day. Mm, you know, if you're going to have ice cream, I'm all about just get a really good quality, real ice cream. Cause I don't know some of the fake ones. I'm just, they just don't cut it for me. They just don't mm. cut it. And there are some nasty ingredients in some of those too. I'm just saying. Well, that's true. Ice cream is not healthy and either are burgers, no matter if they're, I mean, if they're meat free or not. Yeah. Yeah. So, all right. So, okay. Let's talk about some tips um, for managing this beast of a process we call aging. Um, I, I kind of have boiled this down into four basic steps. Of course, each step has, you know, mini steps underneath them, but, but I'm just going to share some of the things that I think um, can give people a handle who, who are new to this or who um, feel like, okay, I'm at a point in my life where I really need to get serious about what's going on with my health here. So maybe this will be a good jumping off point for people. Um, and this is what I do. Start with the end in mind. So the thing is, anything that we want to achieve or realize, it begins with an idea, right? You've got to conceive of what that is. And 
what that idea is meant to achieve. So in other words, we're back to what is the goal? What does it look like? And what is it intended to accomplish? All right, so back to starting with the end in mind, I think um, pick your age. Pick the age you want to live to be. M most people aren't, yeah, most people aren't thinking about that. They're just, just tripping along, hoping for the best, I guess. I don't know. But I picked a number a long time ago. I picked my number and my idea, my goal is to live to the age of 112. That's the number that just came into my head. You're not even like, you're barely even halfway there, Lori. Man, you got a lot of time left if you're going to 112. Exactly. I'm not, I'm not quite halfway there. So I'm like, I have, I that. if I pick 112, that means, okay, I got a long way to go. So I need to manage things really, really well, because obviously I want to show up at 112 a certain way. Otherwise, what's the point, right? So uh, Lori, if anyone is still going to be hot at age 112, it will be you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, fingers crossed. All right. I know that's not your motive, but it will be true. I'm sure. <laughs> no, thank you. Thank you. I'm just, I just want to have my wits about me. Right. <laughs> so, so anyway, um, so, uh, so then, okay. So pick your age. That's why I invite everybody to pick the age that you want to live to be, but pick an age that you truly believe is possible for you. If you don't believe 112 is really possible for you, if it's just like a pipe dream, then don't pick that number. Pick a number that you feel like you can feel good about, that you feel like that's actually possible for me. I think I could hit that number. So everyone should pick the number that is comfortable, that they feel is possible for them. Um, I, I just, like my grandmothers on both sides lived into their late 90s. Oh, wow. And, you know, and those were my grandmothers. So now here, you know, two generations later, we have so much more, you know, knowledge and technology and wisdom about, you know, how to, how to be healthy. I'm thinking, okay, if they could do it with what was going on in their generation, I have no excuse for not being able to exceed that, right? right. Two generations. And because they were maybe a little greedy about their health, look at what you and all your, I don't know, cousins and your, all your family members got to have them around for that mm -hmm. long and got to get, you know, their wisdom and, yes. and spend time with them and have memories with them because they were greedy. They essentially um, were not greedy. Right. Right. So, yeah. I mean, I don't think that either one of them in their mindsets were thinking about, oh, I'm going to live to be 98. And, you know, they, they just they just got there. So they just genetically and lifestyle and whatever, they managed to get there without really even having a strategic plan. They were just doing life. So I really don't have any excuse to not <laughs> at least get there and, and really exceed that. So you got to think about, okay, so what does what does 112 or whatever your number is, what does that look like? What is it intended to accomplish? So, you know, it looks like what you want to, obviously you want to be physically fit. You want to have all of your wits about you. You want to be mentally sound. You want to have energy and vitality. Uh, you, you know, you want to be capable of doing the things that you envision yourself doing at that age. So, so that's the starting point. And then you have to ask yourself why? <clears throat> back to the why. Why do I want to live to be that age? Why is it important um, to me, for example, to show up um, at 112 in the way that I envision? I think, you know, for me and everyone's going to have their own reasons, but a lot of it is what you just said. Um, how awesome to be able to enjoy, you know, um, th the family and the family that's yet to come. And, um, <clears throat> and there's a lot I want to do. I just feel like, you know, there's never enough time. I'm like, I'm going to need that time to do all the stuff on my bucket list and all the things I want to do, you know, personally, professionally, there's a lot there. So I'm like, I'm going to need, you know, another 60 plus years to get, to get all this stuff done. So, but my why is also to show up to be, to be healthy and fit is also because I don't want to age in such a way that I, I've made choices that now make me a, a, um, a less vital person or a burden to my family. 
I don't want, I know that's a big concern for a lot of people. Yeah. Yeah. You know, and, and nobody wants that. And, but you know, it happens. Um, so part of my why is, yeah, I want to, I want to look as good as I can. I want to, um, you know, I have high standards and I want to live up to those, but I want to have energy and I want to have my brain functioning at top capacity. Right. So, and I, I, I want to be able to enjoy and participate in my family's life and, and whatever else I want to participate in. So I'm going to have to manage my health really well in order to achieve those things. So those are my whys. You could be a great, great grandma. Maybe. Or even more. At 112. <laughs> That's pretty cool. It, you know, anything's possible. <laughs> anything's possible. I'm, I'm, I, I really want to be the, the wise tribal elder, Christy, and I'm, I'm already kind of there. <laughs> you, you are, yes, Lori, you, you maybe are, not the wise, are there. <laughs> maybe not the super wise part, but the tribal elder, yeah, I think I could wear that crown. <laughs> so, a, lot, a lot of people look to you. You're, you're definitely in the, in the middle of the circle around the fire. I'm, I'm honored. I'm honored. <laughs> Anyway, so then we go on to the next part of like the business. We look at the how. So, you know, how is that going to happen? How am I going to make sure I achieve those things? Or how am I going to give it my best shot, right? At least. Um, So there's some things you've got to start doing, obviously. And there's some things you got to stop doing. So the starts, and we're not going to go into the super details of these because most people already know them and we have talked about them before. But one of the things that we need to do is look at our lifestyle, okay? And, and what we're doing that is going to sabotage that vision, what direction is our momentum taking us? So clearly, you got to look at what you're eating. Duh. We all know that. Everyone knows it. We've talked about different aspects of that on the show, and we will continue to. But clearly, you have to eat well. You have to feed your body the things that it needs to thrive and to make sure that it is giving you the energy that you want and the brain power that you want. So low sugar, low refined carbs, no processed food, eliminate that, lower meat consumption, higher plant food consumption. Everyone knows this. Just do it. Just, just, just do it. If you care about managing your aging process and there's a certain way you want to show up at whatever your number is, do those things. All right. You got to move. We all know that our body is not meant to be sedentary. If you like get even a brand new sports car, and it is a high-powered, beautiful thing. And you go park it out in a cornfield, and it goes nowhere for even a little while, not to mention a year or two or a decade. What do you think is going to happen to it? It's, it's going to... It's, it's not going to run. It's not, not going to run. take us anywhere. It's, it's going to start to... It won't look that great either after sitting around for a year it's, in it's the cornfield. Right? It's not going to look good. Right. It's going to have you know, mice and, and crickets and all kind of critters uh, that have moved in, which we would call like disease in our bodies, right? right? And entropy sets in, the breakdown sets in. So if it's not used, it will start to disintegrate, devolve, and, you know, basically n- no longer function the way it was designed to function. So you have to move. You have to move and it doesn't have to be extreme, but you've got to move. Your, your body is the vehicle for your soul. So it's, it's designed to move and biologically your muscles are going to, what's the word, atrophy when it's not exercised. So if you want to be moving when you're 60, 70, 80, 90, 112, you must move. Even if it's just 15 or 20 minutes a day, it's better than nothing. You got to move. Okay. Here's the other thing. You have to be the generator of your energy. Um, You have to mind your body and not let your body mind you. And the best way I can describe this is when you're young, you just do stuff. 
you don't think about it. Your body just goes where your mind tells it to go. You just, you have an idea of what you're going to do. You're going to go out and play. You're going to go out and ride your bike. You're going to go out and swim. You're going to go out and run around. You're going to do whatever it is physically you're going to do. You just do it. You don't think about it. You don't have to have a negotiation with your mind about it, right? Right. You just do it. (laughs) But somehow along the way, um, somehow along the way, things start to shift, right? And if we, if we let ourselves kind of slip into that sedentary lifestyle, we start to lose that spark that, that initiates that energy that generates, right? And our body then starts telling us what we're going to do, right? Mm-hmm. So, or not do. So you might be sitting there, you know, in your mind going, yes, you know, I'm going to get on the treadmill tomorrow. I'm going to start that new Peloton I got for Christmas, or I'm going to go, you know, I'm going to go even just for walk the dog along the, whatever it is. And, um, and then your body's like, "Mm, I don't think so. I don't think we'll do that today. And then you go, uh, okay. Yeah. I don't feel like it. So you see how somehow it flips the script on us. <laughs> yeah, so- that's, that's so like passive and giving up control and just really kind of relinquishing to circumstances. And who wants to live like that? Yeah. So we just somehow we're the boss when we're young. It's just natural. And our body just goes where and does what we tell it it's, it's going to do. And then at some point things change and it starts calling the shots and we start listening. So um, we lose control and then your body has become your mind basically. Uh, Yeah. So we have to be the boss of our body. We have to remember who's in charge, our mind. So we got to mind our body, not the other way around. Be the generator of your energy, be the generator of your body. And if it body's like, "Mm, I don't really feel like going out for a walk around the block with, you know, with Cujo here, you've got to be like, no, we're going, Mm -hmm. (laughs) we're going. And you just do it. You're a little sore or something in your body. You might take that opportunity for your mind to go, oh, my body's telling me not to work out today. No, your body's just telling you to do something different than you did yesterday. Right? Yeah. Yeah. Your body's saying, I'm a little sore. That's awesome. Cause I really needed to get off my ass. Maybe give me just a short break and let's hit it again. <laughs> so yeah, discerning the language is important, right? Okay. Stop. Here's what we need to stop doing. We need to stop holding on to grudges. And I'll tell you how this fits in. Grudges and resentment. Um, <clears throat> there is a, there is a, a best-selling book, uh, Before Your Time, Christy, um, <laughs> written by Dr. Maxwell Maltz. Um, it's brilliant, and it's still a very popular read today. It's called Psycho-Cybernetics. And um, in it, Dr. Maltz says this, I'm going to quote this because I think it's, perfectly talks about why you have to stop holding on to grudges and resentment and lack of forgiveness, which we talked actually about a little bit, and I think in the last episode too, lack of forgiveness, right? But Dr. Maltz says, as long as you harbor resentment, it is literally impossible for you to picture yourself as a self-reliant, independent, self-determining person who is the captain of his soul, the master of his fate. So resentment and lack of forgiveness is inconsistent with creative goal striving. If you want to be somebody that is the master of his fate and the captain of his soul, you can't do that you, if you are stuck, if you are imprisoned by resentments and grudges and lack of forgiveness. Because you've chained yourself to something that's anchoring you down and holding you in a negative place. It keeps you from being independent. I'm, I'm wondering, does that apply? Do you mean as well, like resentment against ourselves? Like we've tried to do a diet before and we failed or, you know, oh, I've, I've gotten so atrocious that I don't want to leave the house anyway. So I'll just, mm-hmm. you know, keep resenting myself and, and not trying to do any better. Is that, is there a layer of that to it as well? I think Absolutely. I think that's a, a good point to bring up too, because usually we're thinking about you know what these 
uh, in the context of other people, how we feel about other people. But it totally matters about if you have, um, if you're feeling guilty and you're not forgiving yourself for something, or you're you're resentful um, that you haven't been able to achieve something. Um, it's the same thing because now you are. Um, you've got a mindset of that's, that's negative, that makes you feel less worthy, um, that maybe you don't even, maybe you don't even deserve to try to have something better for yourself. Um, because perhaps you've, um, you know, done something, uh, you've failed before at something or, or it's just whatever the reason is, or you feel guilty about something. So you haven't let yourself off the hook. Um, so if you have that about yourself, then it's important that you start learning. Sometimes it takes um, a process of inches and then weeks and then months and years. And sometimes people are able to let go more quickly, but you, you want to learn to forgive yourself and to not resent yourself for your efforts or lack of efforts or you know, behavior that you feel guilty about, whatever it is. You got to let it go. You look back at it, not to punish yourself. You look back to learn. You learn and then you look forward. You take the lesson and you move forward and you let it go. So you don't look back to wallow in shit. Don't do that. And that's what happens to a lot of times is we, people look back, they start dwelling on whatever it is that they're feeling resentful or, you know, um, holding a grudge about and they start dwelling and living there and they keep that emotion alive and nothing good comes of it, right? You just become a prisoner of the past. So we look back to learn something from it about ourselves or someone else or all of the above. And then you take that, that nugget that can serve you better, can serve you well moving forward and you let it go. That's really powerful. Great. Also, stop disrespecting your body by mistreating it. Again, again, as Maxwell Maltz said, and I said earlier, it is the vehicle for the soul. I mean, it's here, you know, to serve you, to do what you came here to do. So if you want it to do that well, you can't disrespect it. You can a little now and then, but for the most part, you got to treat it well, right? You've got to treat it well. It's only going to take so much. At some point, it's going to say, mm, not going to do that anymore. I'm going to put you down. So, so respect for our bodies. Um, stop chronic stressing. And that's a hard one for a lot of people, especially, especially in the last you know, year. Um, a lot of stress, understandably. Um, stress releases cortisol. And cortisol... Um, and other stress hormones, when you have an overexposure of those things, it disrupts so many of our body's processes. It taxes it greatly. It, um, it knocks our bodies out of balance. So when we continually tax our body in this manner by chronic stressing, um, it, it contributes massively to aging and health issues. So if you haven't already found a way to manage your stress, meditate, Pray, do something physical. That's great. That's great for managing stress. Is doing something physical. Um, there's a lot of way, you know, watch watch funny movies, whatever. But find your way. There's there's so many things that you can do to manage your stress, and everybody just has to find the thing that works for them. But it will contribute greatly to your aging process and um, and health issues if you don't get a handle on it. Yeah, and I like that idea you're kind of killing two birds with one stone. If you're working out, you're doing something for your mental and physical health. Totally. I don't know about you, but when I, when I am able to work out, even if it's just, even if I can't get to a gym or do something more um, aggressive, like, you know, weight training, but even just walking or a little jog or doing some yoga, anything like that always for me especially if there were, was anything I was feeling stressed about, it always relieves it. It's like magic. It relieves it. Not only does it relieve it, but it gets my mindset up above it. 
Mm-hmm. So I, you, you can rise above it. You can see things from a new perspective. You can see maybe different solutions if it was a problem you were working on or a different perspective if it was a mindset, you know, an attitude you were stuck in. So it, it helps on so many levels besides just the physical part. Yeah. Feels good. Mm-hmm. It does feel good. Your body will love you for it. <laughs> um, okay. And then the other thing we can do is visualize it. You have to see it in your mind. Um, you want to visualize what you will look like and feel like physically and emotionally and what you'll be doing at the age that you pick. So whatever your magic number is that you're going for, that number is to remind you that you know there's going to come a time when you're going. <laughs> There's going to come a time. So, you know, be, this number helps you be mindful of that. It helps you be mindful of the quality of your life that you're living right now while you're moving toward the number. So it gives you a direction. It gives you, it gives you all so many good things to uh, encourage you to manage what the things you are focusing on now, right? Um, so when we visualize, um, by the way, there is tons, tons, tons of powerful research and hard science proving the effectiveness of creative visualization. Everyone has, everybody knows probably about it. You may not believe it, but it's out there. I mean, all of um, pretty much top athletes, right? People that are... Um, that are competing, um, top successful business people, most of them will tell you that they are doing some form of meditation and or um, visualizing like daily. It's a very powerful tool and it works. And so uh, we talked a little bit about it when we talked about vision boards a couple of episodes ago, right? So really just a a few quick points about it is, um, you know, having a strong desire to create whatever you visualize. So make sure that what you're going to focus on and and see it, create a picture, a movie in your mind about it, make sure that you have a really strong desire for it, that you're not just picking something because you think you should, right? Um, And then you have to have the belief that it's possible for you. You have to be able to see yourself doing it and being it seeing it as it's almost like you're living it now, like it's already done. And then you want to feel the emotions um, of what you want as you visualize. So desire, belief, seeing it and feeling it. Those are the key elements of having any kind of creative visualization technique. It's also helpful if you want to write about it. A lot of people like to write, to journal, vision board, all of those things um, help you imagine it. So those are all very helpful and they're very powerful and they will go a long way to contributing to helping you manage your aging process. Yeah. And there's nothing holding you back with visualization. You don't need a treadmill. You don't need a subscription to a workout app. You know, um, you don't need 20 minutes to sit and and meditate or, you know, some skill that you got from a shaman. You can literally just close your eyes and envision Mm -hmm. it in your mind. You can. And you don't even have to close your eyes. If you're driving, you can still think about it. Right. Don't close your eyes. I'm open, but you can still think about it. You can still think about scenarios. You can think about, ooh, when I'm, you know, 75 or when I'm 80, I want to be, I'm going to be doing this and I'm going to feel like that. You know, you can still play it out like you're watching a movie in your mind, even while you're doing something, you know, like driving or sitting in a really boring meeting and you're not listening anyway. So go somewhere in your mind that is going to serve you really well and help you manage your process. Yeah, it's fun Good. and maybe give ourselves a little permission to really think big when we do that. Absolutely. Yourself back. No limits. Be unlimited. Yes. Think big as long as it feels like it's possible for you. But yeah, don't be afraid. We're unlimited beings. Go for it. 112. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so, do, so are you going to think about that, about your number? I am because as you said it, I'm realizing that I kind of have always just thought about not being any older than like 
early nineties. Mm-hmm. But when you say it, it's like, but why not? You mm-hmm. know, I've always, I've always heard that the people who live like the oldest person in the world, right. was like 112 or something. I've always heard that and thought, oh, that would be really cool. Um, you know, and my grandparents as well live to be quite old, but why not aim big? Aim, aim why high. Not? Why not? Why not? Why cut myself off at 92 when I can live till 112 if I play my exactly. cards right? Exactly. So if you're going to live till 112 and, um, and I still want to be around when you get there, that means I'm going to have to up my number a lot. <laughs> I don't have to give that some thought. <laughs> oh, if you live to be that age, think of just all the stuff you can do. <laughs> the world would be even more your oyster because you'd be one of the oldest people living and you'd have so much wisdom, um, mm-hmm. you know, and you could probably make yourself as the oldest person alive. I mean, there's always that, right? So there's a lot, yeah. a lot of branding involved there. I'm just saying. <laughs> I like it. I like it. Who knows? We could have, we could have communities living on Mars by then, you know, I mean, anything. So I, I wouldn't mind seeing that. I don't know if I want to go there, but I wouldn't mind. <laughs> I wouldn't mind knowing that Watch it's possible. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, this has been fun. So um, just as we wrap it up, you guys, just remember we have to stay cognizant of the fact that we always have momentum going. And momentum is awesome as long as it's moving you in the right direction. So, oh, yes. What does being a sloth have to do with greed? I almost forgot. Actually, nothing. Not, not nothing. Nothing. It's the polar opposite. But Bring there us is full circle, Lori. Right, right. It's just, just nothing. Um, but there is a time and a place for both, right? So be a sloth when you need to promote harmony, either in your own mind or in the environment and with other people. Be a sloth. That's what sloths are good at. They promote harmony. That's a big plus. Um, uh, if you need to be mindful of all that you have to be grateful for. That would be the time you're going to be a sloth. You're just going to be in the present. You're going to maybe hang from a tree or swing on a swing, and you're just going to like chill and be grateful. Those are good reasons to be a sloth. But be greedy about amassing great health because health is the ultimate wealth. So be greedy about getting that kind of wealth going in your mind. Thank you all for hanging out with Christy and I today. This was fun. Thanks, Christy. I enjoyed this. It was fun. And it's just so positive. Lori, you make things seem so simple and undaunting. You know, every time we sit down and, and talk about, you know, whether it's setting resolutions instead of resolutions or, you know, maintaining our health, it's, it just, it always speaks to me and in a way that I remember, Good. you know, and that's just so important. You just, you just make it easy, Lori. Well, thank you. I like to make things easy. I think we have a tendency to overcomplicate things. So I like to just kind of get down to the nuts and bolts of it. (laughs) All right, everyone. If you would like some help um, making a plan for your own aging process or getting unstuck or up-leveling any aspect of your life, you know you can just head on over to lauribischoff.com and you will find out what private coaching with me is all about there. You will also be able to find out um, how to connect with me on all of the social media platforms there. So go do that because I would love to connect with you and hear from you on Facebook or Instagram or Twitter, wherever you are. Make sure to subscribe if you haven't already. That makes us feel very, very good when we see those numbers going up. We know more people are seeing the show. Um, And hey, spread the good shift around. Don't be greedy and keep it to yourself. That's when we don't want to be greedy. We want to spread it around so everyone else can hear what's going on here. Give us a five-star rating review too, please. Thank you very much. I'm going to thank you in advance. I'm affirming it. Five-star reviews pouring in, Christy, as we speak. (laughs) But those reviews, you guys, help inspire other people to listen to all of the good shift being shared here. So until next week, stay feisty, my friends. Stay super healthy. Stay greedy about it. And go make some epic shift happen in your lives. And that goes for you too, Mr. Gary Vee.